Well, hello and welcome to another episode of the Asking for a Friend podcast, an elder-led ministry of Believer's Baptist Church in Emory, Texas. My name is Duffy Henderson and I'll be your host. The Asking for a Friend podcast exists as a weekly resource for the edification and the benefit of God's people. Here, we hope to provide helpful, thoughtful, and most importantly, biblical material as we address everyday life questions and issues. If you find this podcast helpful, please take a few moments to share it with someone that you think would also benefit from it. Thanks for listening in today, and may the Lord bless this podcast greatly to you as a means of grace for your spiritual growth and benefit. We sure hope that you'll enjoy today's episode. Well, today, once again, we're back at the table. I'm joined by our brothers Jason Rowland and Philip Castleton here at Believer's Baptist Church. How are you guys doing this morning for this recording day? Doing well, Duffy. We uh, had a great day yesterday in our congregation as we met and had a great uh, concert last night with uh, the singer Miles Pike. And, yes, it was good. And uh, we're encouraged and blessed by him. And so it's Monday, and uh, we're here to record these uh, two episodes for the podcast for the last two weeks of May. Yeah. Philip, how are you doing today, brother? I'm doing well. I'm Good. doing well. Um, I knew it was God's will for me to be at church yesterday, so I was there. Amen, brother. Yeah, Amen. yeah. You, d- you did well. That you was a well. that was a very interesting segue into our topic today. If you're if you're listening to this podcast, you've seen the episode. You've probably clicked on it out of curiosity, maybe. And uh, we are talking about a a very relevant topic. Well, they to, could have they to, could have clicked on it to end the torture. <laughs> That's true. That <laughs> might, that might be true. Yeah. This is. We're hoping the title may bait you to listen to this episode today. I say that jokingly. But uh, this is a, a, hopefully a very practical episode um, for you as the listener. Um, we are talking about uh, God's will for our life. And specifically today, we want to ask this question, where do we discern God's will for our lives? Um, where can we go to find? And, and uh, so often we're, we're, we're uh, bombarded with questions in our own minds. We have, do I do this? Should I do this? Why shouldn't I do this? Is there, and we, we just kind of get caught in a, in a whirlwind sometimes. And we hope this episode will be helpful. So, Philip, we want to start off today thinking um, a, a theological, biblical framework in general categories, thinking about God and his sovereignty, mm-hmm. um, and kind of that, letting that inform our conversation about discerning God's will for our life. Sure. Well, obviously, uh, to answer the question in in, a succinct, in the most succinct way as possible, uh, the, the grid through which we should um, filter everything is through God's Word, right? So it's authoritative, it's sufficient, right, for these things, and um, it's, if it's sufficient to equip us uh, for, for all the things that we, that we need to do. Um, so that being said, um, that is the, the succinct answer, the, the, the quick and to the point answer. You know, the, the issue is, um, in, I, I've got to where I don't even like the word evangelical because it's taken on connotations that I, I don't think I fit in the category that many do that call themselves evangelical. But if we use that term in its most conservative way, it, it, evangelicals, Christians, um, uh, by and large, have allowed the culture to dictate the categories and um, the influences and um, uh, those types of things 
through which we filter mm-hmm. our decision-making process, yeah. right? Yeah. <clears throat> we really, I mean, to our shame, we really aren't distinct from the culture in any way when it comes to making decisions, yeah. right? We allowed outside sources to, um, to, to, have, to speak at the same volume level as the culture does. Right, we make decisions based on the same um, criterion. Mm-hmm. Right, yep. uh, we um, if there is a a filtering system or a grid system through which we pass um, our thoughts in in the context of making decisions, it's the same system that the world uses, and to, that's to our shame. The truth of the matter is, the scripture is authoritative. The scripture is um, sufficient. We are dealing with a sovereign God who not only um, uh, controls the way the dice land, right, but um, does that in the context of people who make real decisions and, um, and, and have real responsibility for those decisions, right? Yeah. So we've, uh, all of these things need to be uh, uh, thought about, uh, but we don't do any favors for ourselves, and we certainly do not champion um, who God is, and what he expects of his people by allowing or looking and acting and and having the same filtering system that the world does. So um, I would say to answer the question, if if we're going to be biblical, then we need to be biblical, right? If we're going to be Christians, then we need to go to the source for which Christians are informed, both positively and negatively, on how to act. This is what you should do. Here's what you shouldn't do. Here's the parameters in which we are to function. And when the Bible is um, is specific, right, it directs us. Where the Bible is not specific, where in some places it gives us room, and where it gives us room, we use the specific principles then to guide us in that decision-making. And so I think that if we're going to be biblical, the answer is we must be biblical. Yeah. That would be the place we must go yeah. to, to discern God's will for our lives. Yeah, and before I pass it to Jason, just a thought here. I, I think that most often the case, when we are thinking through these questions, a lot of the times we are thinking through these questions in a self-serving sort of way. I would say most often we're not thinking about how this can glorify God, how this benefits me, how does this further my sanctification. We want an answer that uh, we're looking almost for an answer that's going to satisfy our uh, our flesh, more so than we're thinking in a spiritual beneficial way. Uh, maybe that's not the case for for everyone all the time, but I would say personally for me, and I'm, I'm guessing you guys can probably attest to this, um, that a lot of times we want to know what God's will for our life is, but what we're really asking is, I want to do this or that, and help me find justification for it. <laughs> and I, I don't want to get too detailed. That that's We're probably going to uh, talk about that in the following podcast. But I don't know if that kind of stirs our thoughts as we're thinking through. Jason? Well, I think the, the impetus for the question comes from a common reality for Christians. They, they do, for the most part, want to know what God wants them to do. They don't want to uh, live life in a, in a state of um, confusion or chaos in terms of their obedience. And so they're, they're genuinely seeking God. And so they're asking questions like, um, is God trying to get through to me? Is he trying to get my attention? 
Is he trying yeah. to give yeah. me some specific message about where I need to live and who I need to marry, mm-hmm. um, what I need to do with my life uh, in terms of a vocation? So I, I think it's it, the impetus for the question is is probably sincere. People want to know these things, but it goes back to what Philip said. The scripture then needs to be the grid for which we understand how to answer those questions. And the first two things that we see from Scripture concerning the, the will of God and, and being able to discern that is, number one, that God is sovereign. That is who and what he is. He, he is um, the only ruler of the universe. He is not in competition with anyone. That's right. There's not anyone on his level. So he is the sole ruler of the universe. He determines and decrees all things to come to pass for his grace, uh, by his grace, for his glory, Amen. his own purposes. The second thing that we can determine from Scripture is that he works in providence. So he works in history. He works through the decisions of men and the circumstances of choices and um, the way that the world uh, historically plays itself out in time. So God is sovereign, and he works through providence. Now the next layer then becomes, well, how does that um, interact with me? What what makes me decide that I'm going to move to Emory, Texas in July of 2020, and now I've been here, um, and we're in um, May of 2022. Uh, what makes me think that um, he directed me to do that? And how do we um, discern what it is that has um, caused us to, to think that way? And I think this is where then we part from the grid. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is, we part from Scripture. Yes. And we begin to use subjective um, methods. And so the question really is, um, has God given me a lot of complex methods, or a complex method, I should say, that has all of these different means that help me now discern what he wants me to do? So I might have a dream. I might have some kind of sign. I might have an impression. I might just feel led. I put that in air quotes. Or feel at peace about something. I feel at peace about something. Uh, Are those legitimate as a grid for me to determine what God wants me to do? Um, And and let me back up one moment and and think about what Paul, in preaching to the Athenians in Mm. Acts chapter 17, says. Mm -hmm. He says, The God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by hand, man, nor is he served by human hands, as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place, that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. Yet he is actually not far from each one of us. So um, in Providence, as we were talking about, God is working um, for the, the particular purpose of men finding him. That's what it said there mm-hmm. in Acts chapter 17. So then... Um, how then do we find him? 
And then how do we know if I'm living in the right place, in the right time, and I've married the right person? And those kinds of questions that everyone has that I, yeah. I think there's, for Christians at least, there's some legitimacy, but there's a lot of confusion. Yeah. And so, um, first of all, I think we need to debunk the idea of subjective methods or means for determining what God would have me to do. Well, yeah. we also need to debunk the whole notion that um, that there's this list of specifics, yep. right, which apply to every one of us. And what I mean is, you know, when you were reading that text in Acts 17, I was thinking, and we had discussed a little bit about this um, pre, pre-recording, but um, the, the fact of the matter is uh, the three of us are sitting right here, right now. Um, that That's... That's God's sovereignty and, and providence at work. We're here. How do I know that it's God's will that the three of us are sitting right here right now? Because we are, right? And we're not acting out in, in a sinful way. It's never God's will that one sins, That's right. right? But if we're, whatever we're doing, the Bible tells us, do it to the glory of God. No specifics there. That's right. Generals. Do all things. Right. Right. But no specifics. That's right. It's spoken of in general. Because if you're doing it to the glory of God, you're doing it outside of the category of sin. Exactly. So all those things are ultimately ours and are God's will for us when they're done to the glory of God. If they're done in a selfish or, or, or a sinful way, then they're done outside of the will of God. So in the context of what you're reading, yes, he has placed us in specific times and specific places and specific nations so that we would grope for him. But that's about as specific as he gets. Right, and we do have some more specifics, which I think we're going to talk about later in another podcast. But the fact is, is in general, we we shouldn't be thinking in terms of these a grid system outside of Scripture. But we also ought to be thinking not in specifics necessarily all the time. Yeah, uh, because I, agree I don't with think you. that's yeah, helpful. That's good. That's good. We 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 have out there in evangelicalism um, the idea of um, hearing the voice of God, advocates. Right. So yes. hearing the voice of God, and I put that in air quotes, yep. is all of these subjective means that yep. that uh, seem to be promoted um, by well-meaning Christians yep. uh, to find and discern uh, God's will. And yep. it's uh, the problem with it, it is all extra-biblical, right? It's outside of Scripture yes. is the problem. Yeah. And, and you're at, that is the ultimate problem. And it, and it ultimately finds uh, it, it's problematic in so many ways because it is completely subjective. It's completely experiential. And the problem with it is the reason it seems authoritative is because who can argue with your experience? Exactly. Right? But yeah. the fact is, is if your experience doesn't line up with God's word, we're supposed to cast your experience off and trust the word. And we, I've used this illustration before, but this is the way that we've been taught to think. We read the scripture and it says men are green. And we go, okay, men are green. We look out the window and we see someone that looks pink. And instead of going, there's something wrong with my eyes, what we say is, the scripture didn't mean green. That's what we do, right? It, it, it must not have meant green. I, I want to know what planet you're living on. But I'm just saying, though, that's what we've, <laughs> that's what we've learned to do is say, we should be saying, there's something wrong with my eyes, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. I, there's a malady in me that's not allowing yep. me to see this situation correctly. I need to go to God's word and, and be calibrated according to it that's so right. that I rightly see. That but is we, so right. But we don't do that. 
And so the subjective nature of, of all of these things is because we're calibrated by the world instead of by the scriptures. Right. Yeah, and I'd love to, th- this will tie things in, I think. Kevin DeYoung, um, who is a Reformed pastor, uh, been publishing works for quite a long time. He has this little tiny book called D- Just Do Something. He wrote it about 15 years ago, A Liberating Approach to Finding God's Will. And this, he writes this little section. I'm just going to quote this, and we'll kind of let this guide uh, maybe the, the next part of our podcast. So t- he writes, Open Doors, this is on page 83 of his little book, Open Doors, Fleeces, Random Bible Verses, Impressions, if constructed, or I'm sorry, construed in the right way, have their place in Christian's life. But in my experience, these tools have been wielded for far more harm than good and they are easily abused and manipulated and lend themselves to superstition. And ultimately, he attributes that to subjective experience. He says a far better approach is once again laid out by John Newton, and he goes on to quote John Newton. John Newton wrote, In general, God guides and directs his people by affording them, in answer to prayer, the light of his Holy Spirit, which enables them to understand and to love the Scriptures. The word of God is not to be used as a lottery, nor is it designed to instruct us by shreds and scraps, which, detached from their proper places, have no determinative import. But it is to furnish us with the just principles, right right apprehensions, to regulate our judgments and affections. And I think that's so crucial. The word of God regulates our affections and our our judgments and therefore, thereby influences and directs our conduct. That was the point I was just making. That, that he's talking about someone whose who's entire grid system is calibrated upon the Word of God yes. and not by some outside influence. Yes. Yes. And that was the point I was making. That, that it is absolutely true, right, um, that, uh, that we have the ministry of the Spirit applying the Word. Amen. Right? This is the, this we is should the never system. divide those two things. We can't. Either one of them is dangerous, yes. right? Yes. So... Um, so th- this is exactly the point. That that, that was a, a good way of thinking about it. Yeah, I read that. I was thinking that kind of nails nails down where we want to, uh, and we are still speaking in general categories on this episode, um, but we want to inform our thinking by the light of Scripture versus taking our thinking that's often errant, mm-hmm. and importing it into Scripture and seeking justification for well, that. And here's another way that that happens. What we'll do is um, we'll flip the Bible open and randomly and randomly point, put our finger on a verse, yes. right? Yes. And say, God, I want you to tell me what to do. And then we point at yeah. something, and we're yeah. in Zechariah 3, yeah. right? And, uh, but my <laughs> yeah. point is this. And then we impose upon that verse some random mm-hmm. application, right, mm-hmm. which suits our, our um, desires, mm-hmm. that suits our situation. And, and that is not the way, again, of allowing the Scripture to speak. Uh, we, 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 the Scripture in its context, right, um, and it's, uh, it, it's the way we can't, and this would be the danger of, of, of saying, okay, I'll let, I'll let the Bible tell me, right? Well, yes, you let the Bible speak, but is what, are you imposing upon the Bible what you want it to say? Yeah. Or, or are you allowing the Bible to speak? And that's the, that's the necessity of us being subject to the Bible and not it being subject to us. That's right. That's right. I think I think the idea of stems from biblical illiteracy. We 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 are across the board in Christianity biblically illiterate, mm. and so that what we do is we read the Bible and we see where God spoke to Elijah or Elisha 
or God spoke to David, or, you know, there's this, the, God was speaking to Abraham. And so we think immediately, okay, God is a communicating God, so he wants to communicate to me. Yep. Um, so if God is a communicating God, and the Bible is still relevant, then he wants to communicate to me like he did Abraham. And if he wants to communicate with me like he did Abraham, then he's going to tell me um, outside of what I read. Now, I was with you until this point, right? Because God does want to communicate like he did to Abraham through the, through the word. Yes. Right? The word of the Lord came to yes. Abraham. <laughs> and the word of the Lord has come to us. Right. But now is where you've departed from the way that the Lord spoke well, to Well, and I'm making the point. I know that. that exactly. Yeah. yeah that, that there's a biblical literacy yep. and a, a misunderstanding of how to apply scripture. Right. As you said, you put your finger on a verse and it's Zechariah chapter 3 and you know, you, you, you don't make a, a proper application because you've taken it out of context. Well, the problem is you went to the scripture with a, a desired goal in to, mind. To justify right. your own And then you pointed at a scripture, or, yeah. has no application, but yep. then you have to read something into it, mm-hmm. right? Because you know, God was, God, you know, his sovereignty, he spoke to you through Zechariah 3. And, um, and he had to, and he was trying to address, um, you know, through Zechariah, you know, whether you should eat tacos or hamburgers tonight. And, um, and, you know, you have to come up with an answer somewhere, right? Hey, right. those are so, both good options, brother. Yeah, but uh, that's the kind of thing that people do, and yeah. it, is, it is a matter of right. literacy. You're absolutely and, right. And the, yeah. and the problem is that, that we put ourselves in a um, very uh, difficult dilemma because we say, man, if I, don't, if I don't understand what God is saying to me, then I'm going to get it wrong. My whole life can be ruined. If I don't get this right, if God, you've got to reveal this to me. And so we beg and we plead and we say we pray and Mm -hmm. we we look for some circumstance. We Mm -hmm. look for some sign. We we look for a feeling. We try to, to nail down a feeling. And we think if we don't get that, we've missed it. And this is going to be disastrous for my life. I'm not going to marry the right person. And I'm not going to have the children that God wants me to with that person. I, I brought this up earlier, but let me bring it up for the case of uh, for the for the sake of the people listening. I have a friend, uh, a young man who I talk to regularly. We get together, we eat lunch, we visit, um, we talk about the Lord, we read God's Word and discuss those things. He listens to the podcast. He'll listen to this one. Um, so um, you know, I'm talking about you if you hear this, right? Um, but the fact is, is uh, and he would have a problem with me talking about this because he'll, he'll know it's him when we talk about it. He asked me, he says, I have a desire to be married. I have a desire to be married. Philip, um, you know, uh, how should I think about this? And my response was, well, you're 25 years old. You're a young man. You have a desire to be married. That desire is a God-given desire. There's nothing wrong with that desire. I said, the only parameters that that constrain you are, um, it has to be a woman, right? She has to be single, and um, she needs to be a godly uh, believer, right? Um, and I said, if, if you find a girl within those parameters, by all means, y'all get married and, 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 and have godly children, right? Raise godly children. He and sa- you use Proverbs 31 as a guide. Yes. The, the, the serious nature of it all, right? So he, he doesn't go to a church here. He doesn't live here. So he goes to his pastor, and his pastor says, well, you know, I think you ought to um, wait and seek God's will on the matter. And when he came back to me and asked me, he said, well, what do you think? I said, well, I want you to go to your pastor and ask him how you're going to know God spoke. I mean, how are you going to know that it's Susan? You got two godly women. You got Susan and Betty. How do you know which one God is choosing for you? 
The truth of the matter is, if you marry Susan, I promise you that's God's will for your life. I promise you. Because why? You're married to Susan, right? Mm -hmm. And God hates divorce. So God says, you're married to Susan. That is my will. You love her. Take care of her, right? If you married Betty, guess who's God's will for you to marry? Betty, right? It, the, but the point is, is he, the, the pastor, whether he was thinking about it or not, was trying to offer up some subjective grid, even though he was aloof about it. He doesn't even really give him any parameters in which to understand how to interpret, right, the information that might come through that grid. He's saying there's a grid out there to understand God's will other than God's word, and he's imposing upon God's word another filter, another grid. And, and my point was, how are you going to know? Right. It's all subjective. Yeah. And, and what that particular pastor did, um, I mean, I know that I've relied on subjective events or circumstances or feelings. And I, I know that um, that is a common reality in evangelicalism. So yeah. I, I want to quote from God Doesn't Whisper by Jim Ospin, and he writes about Bill Hybels. Mm -hmm. And Bill Hybels wrote a book, it's called The Power of a Whisper. And then the whole idea is that, that God speaks to us in a still small voice or in some subjective manner, right? Mm -hmm. And so this is what bio, uh, Bill Hybels wrote as he was described going through a particularly difficult time at um, Willow Creek Community Church. And he needed some encouragement. He hopped on a boat, headed out on the lake, and prepared to hear meaningful words from heaven. Rather than turning to scripture for encouragement, Hybels listened for a subjective voice from heaven. He describes the experiences that he had that day. But hour after hour, I sat there, hearing nothing but the wind and the waves. And just as I was ready to haul up the anchor and motor back to the harbor, I saw a Bud Light beer can floating by. I stood there staring at that can, wondering, is this a message from God? If so, what could it mean? Am I supposed to drink Bud Light? Am I supposed to tell my congregation to drink Bud Light? Is there a message inside the can? And we can chuckle at that, but that's seriously how ridiculous it can be to rely on something outside of Scripture to determine whether we live in a blue house or a yellow house. Yes, I, I know that, you yeah. know, it's the joke oftentimes is, you know, God told me I felt it down in the pit of my stomach. And often we know that's probably bad pizza right. from the night before, yeah. not um, yeah. not a sign from yeah. God. And and But that is, you're absolutely right, how sad a, 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 a scenario we live in where we have allowed... Um, uh, misunderstandings, um, bad interpretations, our own subjective t desires to supersede uh, plain, clear biblical teaching so that we can have what we will. Right. And, and, and I don't mean that to be critical of Bill Hybels. I, uh, I don't mean that at all. I just mean that is the intent that we have in evangelicalism. Now, can I do one thing? Go ahead. Um, yeah. I know that we're we're probably long. God but... told me you could. I was listening. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, he I'll spoke to me a moment ago. Go oh, ahead. Okay. Yeah. Go All ahead, right. brother. Because I know that there's the listener, and they're saying, okay. I don't know who this is for out there, but it's for somebody. God told me it was for somebody. <laughs> <laughs> we, of course, are being a little bit cheeky yeah, right now. Right. <laughs> but I know that there must be somebody out there listening right now that would say, um, well, what about the time that 
I was leaving for work, and I just felt this impression. I just felt like God wanted me to go to the next-door neighbor, and she's a widow woman, and I haven't seen her um, in a day or two, and I just felt like I needed to go over there. And I went, and, and I knocked on the door, and she didn't answer, and uh, I kind of walked around the house. And I didn't see her, and then I walked to the back door, and it was open. I went in, and I found her. And she was laying on the floor, and she'd been there for so many hours. Surely God led me to her, Mm -hmm. right? Are you asking? I'm asking. (laughs) I would would say, say, man, why why did God wait four hours to send you over there? Why wouldn't God send Mm -hmm. you in the first five minutes? I would ask the question, have you ever been to your neighbor's house before when she wasn't laying on the floor sick? Was that God too, or, or were those just circumstantial. Um, I'm not making a a judgment either way. I would say um, I I would not impose upon uh, God what isn't clearly God. And what he has told us in his will, we can plainly say is his. And um, outside of that, we ought to be really, really careful what we we grant or or charge God with. Right. And so I know we've all uh, had those kind of experiences. I know that there have been moments in your life when you felt like I needed to go talk to this person Mm -hmm. or or, um, I was just about to call somebody and they called me and were like, that's really weird. I would just dial in your number, you know, or or those kinds of events. And and Duffy, I I know that you've had that. Philip, you've had Mm -hmm. that. But I think you're right, Philip. Those are just human coincidences if you want to they're they're mm-hmm. they're circumstances that well, are actually, part of the amazing, human experience what's yeah. amazing is yeah. I, I actually don't believe in coincidence per se right yeah, that, that I might have been a good well, word no no i understand i think it's a good word because it it's it it, it it i'm just saying though i think it's a good word for exactly what you were describing mm. we have no better word for it but my yeah. point being that in the scheme of things, I actually do believe that God is in control of every single thing. So I'm not opposed to saying that uh, in God's providence, you went over when you did and, and, your, and your elderly neighbor lady was able to get to the doctor and her life was saved. Wonderful. The problem is, is when we um, assume that God spoke to you in that moment or, or any of those things, the fact is, is in the normal course of our life, we do things every single day. And yes, God directs our steps. And, and yes, we make decisions based on who knows what kind of exterior criterion. And so the truth of the matter is, is you probably went over there because you hadn't seen your neighbor in two or three days um and you, and thought, you know she's elderly yeah, and, she, and you know that maybe her health is poor right. and you just thought lots of things play into it all. Yeah, yeah yeah i think we're hasty to attribute to god words and thoughts and actions that were never his to begin with um and that's kind of where i i we're going to wrap this episode up uh and we're going to get more practical in our in our follow-up episode so this will be kind of a two-part mini-series but I think for me personally, I know that I've been guilty of attributing to God um, something that should never have been. I mean, it's, it's a sin to do that, right? We see that in Scripture. Um, and, and when you, this is where I guess the rubber meets the road. When you go so far as to say God said and then fill in the blank, it's a dangerous place to be. Misrepresenting the holy, righteous creator, king over all, Right? We want to put words in his mouth, attribute things to him. We really ought to be careful with those things. Um, I want to read one more final thing from Kevin DeYoung's book, 
Um, thank you, thank you, Jason, for reading from uh, Jim Osmond's book. It's excellent. Um, I would commend Jim Osmond's book. If this episode sparks um, any uh, thoughts in your mind, if you want to go into this deeper, I would recommend it very highly. God Doesn't Whisper by Jim Osmond. And the foreword, by the way, is by John MacArthur for that book. But let me wrap things up today with this episode. Kevin DeYoung writes this, God's will for your life and my life is simpler, harder, and easier than we think. He goes on to explain what he means. He says it's simpler because there are no secrets that we need to discover. We're not out to find this secret piece of information that we don't have access to yet and that we have to discover uh, that, that God's kind of holding, holding in the in the kettle for us that we got to come find. That's, like it, like we're going that's on right. an Easter it's, egg hunt. This isn't uh, Sherlock Holmes, right? <laughs> or to figure things out in that way. And then he goes on to say, and it's harder because denying ourselves, living for others and obeying God is more difficult than, say, taking a new job or moving to a different city, right? So he, he's basically making the point that it's harder than you think because we already do, don't do what he's uh, commanded us to do in scripture. Why do we go looking for other things, right? We need to, in, in one sense, master what he's already given us before we start looking outside of scripture. And then he finally says, um, it's easier because as Augustine said, God commands what he wills and he grants what he commands. And so we have, he has given us as believers, he's given us everything we need to obey him and to love him through the power of his Holy Spirit living within us. And so we want to wrap up this episode. Thank you so much for uh, taking the time today once again to listen to the Asking for a Friend podcast. And we hope this has been a blessing to you. Take a moment, please, and share or like this podcast um, wherever you're listening to it. And don't forget that you can uh, submit a question to us. If, if these episodes that you're listening to spark a thought, if you'd like us to address something particularly, you can go to bbcemory.org, go to the media tab, scroll all the way to the bottom, and there's a, a box that you can submit a question to us. So until next time, grace and peace be with you all.